people make the customer experience. This <laughs> yes. technology sitting in an iPad laying on a table doesn't do much until you have a human being that follows a process that does what human beings do best, which is engage, build relationships, and build trust. The technology speeds it. Yes. The technology yeah. can introduce some transparency to the process, help the customer along. But the best experiences I've had, going back to that Apple store, is what I met somebody that was really nice and really helpful and had a good attitude and got me what I wanted. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, we are in beautiful, sunny Napa Valley, California at the DMSC event hosted by the one and only Brian and Glenn Pash. But today, I have some amazing guests with me. I have Alan and Hunter with me, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time, getting out of the conference, coming out and jam with me. We're going to have some fun, fun chat today. Hey, but before we kind of get into our topics, I love kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story, A, because I'm always fascinated to find out how people got started in the business. So, Alan, uh, I'll start with you and then Hunter, I'll ask you the same. So, Alan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. Uh, second career for me, I was uh, in the fashion business and I got fired. Okay. <laughs> and I, like, I should go into the car business. <laughs> uh, well, I had a friend in the car business. I said, look, I need something to do kind of part time until I get my thing going again. Uh, that was 20 years ago. And so, <laughs> so it's been a 20 year part-time job for you. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about Fuse Tech. So Fuse Auto Tech, uh, the easiest way to understand this is that we make financing a car simple. This is a point of sale system for a car dealership. It allows one person, typically, to sell the car, sell the financing, and reduce the time it takes to sell the car from maybe the typical two to three hours down to less than an hour. So it's all about productivity. It's about giving the customer price and payment transparency and some control over the process. That's awesome, that's awesome. I'm glad that you chose this 20-year part-time job. Hey, Hunter, for yourself, um, tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in this crazy little world called yeah, the automotive you know, industry. Unfortunately for our industry, I don't feel like too many people aspire to be in the industry. So. They don't just wake up one day going, hmm, I should go sell cars. So it was actually uh, one of my first jobs out of high school, and I uh, was selling cars, and then uh, years later I ended up joining a CRM company called Dealer Socket was there for 13 years and there kind of really learned about the customer experience, customer follow-up, um, sales process. And in, in my opinion, CRM is the most neglected data there is, by the way. Oh, 100%. So, you know, we were just coming out of the conference <laughs> and people were talking about DMS data and DMS data is very outdated and you have all this updated information in the CRM and no one uses it. So that's kind of my <laughs> my pet peeve. But anyways, I have uh, been working with dealers for about 18 years. Mm -hmm. So from CRM to advertising and now I'm with Stella Automotive AI, which is a conversational AI uh, product, an artificial intelligent digital voice assistant, um, similar to like Alexa or Siri, but yeah. for the dealership phones. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? Um, here's, guys, I want to kind of start off. I was thinking because, you know, as I was listening to both of you guys, in, in both areas you guys kind of touched the dealership, so much has changed in the last 24 months. I mean, our industry has just fundamentally just kind of went from here to then over here. I think there's more changes in the last 24 months than probably has in the entire decade 
prior oh, to that. So I would love to kind of get from you guys, what has been one of the biggest changes you guys have observed in the last 24 months? Hunter, I'll start with you and then I'll yeah. get you. You know, uh, typically right now when you, a customer calls into the dealership, I'll, I'll, let me talk about from my what I'm seeing yeah, right yeah, now, exactly. what's fresh is, <laughs> you know, when a customer calls into a dealership right now, on average, we're seeing about 45 seconds before the phone actually even rings the dealership. You're going mm. through a prompt. This call is being recorded. Wow. Thank you for calling the dealership. Press one for sales. If you time that, the average is 45 seconds, right? <laughs> then when you actually try to get a hold of somebody, you might be on a phone call for 45 seconds, 50. If you're trying to set a service appointment on a Monday, you might be three minutes, four minutes just to set a service appointment. Man. So it's crazy. <laughs> and and especially in a society that's like headline readers and instant gratification, 45 seconds must feel like a lifetime. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and Press like, two to be ignored. Exactly. And Plus half three the to be put on Well, hold. half the time they're getting sent to the wrong department. Right. They're getting put yeah. on voicemail. And you, the reason for this is that dealerships are just understaffed. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to find, manage, and hire good people. And right now I know most job or, you know, most dealerships probably have two to three listings for just somebody to answer the mm -hmm. phone. Now, depending on minimum wage, that could be, what, $14, $16 an hour. So you're talking $2,500, maybe to $4,000 if you're in California. And that doesn't even solve your problem because if you can find one person that's really good, they still call in late, they still call in sick, and they can only be on one call at a time. Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of where we're kind of trying to come in and say, hey, is there a way to kind of you know, relieve that staff? Because even the staff that they do have, they're busy handling easy, repeatable, mundane tasks that are taking the, their time away when somebody's like urgent, like broken down on the side of the road and need to get a hold of somebody. They're busy because they're doing repetitive stuff. Well, and I'm with you. I think that is a fundamental change that we've seen in our industry that is that we become very kind of conscious of what that customer experience is. And, you know, that's a, such a pivotal point. And I can see where, you know, look, we, we as an industry has have learned to do a lot with a little. Yeah. All right. Sure. We achieved profitability levels that we've never, I think, have ever achieved. And we've done it with, I hate to say it, but a good portion less in some cases almost 50 percent less staff and you know in the past it's always kind of been well if there was a problem what we did what do we do let's throw a body at it yeah. you know let's just right. throw a body at it. and but i and, and i love the fact that you know you bring this up because in the last way four months i think it's been a big pivotal change is that that saying of let's just hire another body to take care of it is not the case yeah. like we're looking well and it. even like for a business development center in the name business development they should be developing business but 80 to 90 percent but 80 to 90 percent of their day is inundated with inbound calls sure yes. so they don't even have the time to do the stuff that you want them to do yeah. and then if you think like you know this meeting you know that we're talking about customer experience well if you want to offer the best customer experience over the phone, what do you do? You come up with a really good script 100%. and you say, we want you to do this, this, and this, and we want you to say this and ask for this. But when it gets busy, what happens? They start taking those things out. They start seeing that there's a call on hold. So they speed through these things. And then when the customer comes in, they didn't gather all the information. The well, it, go, it goes back to, you know, we, just, need, we need to slow yeah. down before we speed exactly. up 100%. Hey, Alan, for you, um, 20 years in the business, you've, you've seen a lot of changes in the industry, what was one of the biggest changes you've uh, observed in the last 24 months? Well, I th I'll kind of add on to your efficiency <laughs> thing where people are doing more with less. And like your AI product that helps dealers with the phone, there's a lot of automation starting to take mm -hmm. place. The mm -hmm. technology is starting to mature. So one of the things I see is that dealers are now much more open to new business models, new ways of selling cars, engaging customers, and a lot of these are technology enabled. Now, just so happens I'm in that business, <laughs> but the, the point, and there are others, of course, but of course. The, the idea that 
and I'll give you an analogy here. So when you walk into an Apple store and you buy something, and I'll admit it, buying a phone is easier than buying a car, <laughs> you can't find the cash register. Mm -hmm. This is the highest sales per square foot of any retailer in the world, and they don't have a cash register. Turns out every employee as a cash register in their pocket. <laughs> and so it. when we unleash that type of technology at Fuse, that opens up new business models. It allows people to maybe go to a one-person sales model. It allows them to get the customer involved. So there's new business models that are unleashed because of the technology. Yes. And this is one of those few virtuous cycles where customers like it better, it happens faster, and the dealer's margins are greater. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. No, no, look, look, I agree with both of you guys. It's it, the, the advancements in process and technology over the last 24 months have been substantial. And I think what's, it, it, I got this weird feeling because I go back to the customer experience, which is a lot of what's being talked about yeah. inside right now. Yeah. And I feel like we're, we're creating great technologies, all right, like both of what you guys are working on right now, to generate a better customer experience but then I feel like we're dragging the dealership to embrace the process yep. that those technologies bring. Well, so this is a really important point that you make, Jason, and that's that people make the customer experience. Yes. This technology sitting in an iPad laying on a table doesn't do much until you have a human being that follows a process that does what human beings do best, which is engage, build relationships, and build trust. The technology speeds it. Yes. The technology yeah. can introduce some transparency to the process, help the customer along. But the best experiences I've had, going back to that Apple store, is what I met somebody that was really nice and really helpful and had a good attitude and got me what I wanted. The technology yep. then enabled a really Absolutely. superior well, transaction. Well, and I mentioned that you know I came from CRM, and yep. everyone asks, well, what's the best CRM out there? And it's always the one that you use. <laughs> exactly. Right? It, so if it's a pen and paper, it's the best no one. Good? Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you got a great point about when, with all of these things, as you're incorporating tech technology, the hard part, I think, for dealers is twofold. One is they've been very slow in learning new tools, sure. and they're really, like, they really try to not change, <laughs> right? So if you come in and you try to change a process, they're like, well, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't going to work for us because what, I have to change? And the dealers that are most innovative are the ones that are willing to change versus, yes. uh, I don't know if my people are going to do it. Well, they're right? looking to change. They want See, every, I think yeah. that's the key here, right? It's like, I think to provide an amazing customer experience, we have to have a mindset around constantly looking on how we're going to evolve that. And it is truly an evolution of both our people process and technology. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, but it's not, it's never one of those. All three has to happen simultaneously. When I think about the tech that you're bringing, right? If the people don't know what's going on, the process has got Absolutely. it's got to be yeah. hugely and, well, and that's there's been a lot of technologies that do come in and they're like, hey, we're a disruptor, which is good, right? <laughs> but if it disrupts things at the dealership, then they're not for it, right? <laughs> so it's this like balance. But you know, I think the reality is, in order to get something different, you have to do different things. Yes. And 
you have to look at a dealership and say, okay, look, what are our problems? Are, well, one, are you aware of your problems? Like, for example, the call example I gave where it's taking 45 seconds. Who or knew? Three, Who knew? Right, the, <laughs> I you, thought you dialed the phone. It and it rings right away. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but most though, of these right? conferences, right, like you talk about like, okay, what do you do once you have a customer on the phone? But they don't look at that process, right? Or when you're looking at your lead process, we look at, well, how long does it take to follow up a lead? But they don't look at all the things of like, well, what did the customer experience from the time they were on your site to the time that they submitted a lead? And then yes. what's the expectation, right? And if you're not willing to look at, like, I mean, really, if you're going to start a business, the first thing that we'd have to do is come up with a business plan. But I feel like no one's written out their plan for their customer experience. No, and I think, unfortunately... Like, what do you want your customers I to agree. experience? And yeah. I think, they I don't think, know. And I think, unfortunately, there, like, there are some amazing progressive dealerships out there, but I think a lot of dealerships are looking at the technology to define the experience, and that's not no. what the technology is for. You must see that a lot, Alan. So... I don't know. Have you guys been behind any car dealerships? Like Just physically? Because uh, <laughs> every car dealership in America, if you walk in behind, there's a graveyard full of technology that was supposed oh, to solve yeah. some yes. problem. That's mean, buried the, back there. The fax that's machine <laughs> that's still sitting in the back well, next to the dump. And all the widgets they bought for yeah. their website and everything else. So. You know, in our company, we have a consulting division that's just as important as our technology, which it. is how to process map, how to get people onto a new process. And the real key skill is change management. And yep. you brought it up, mm. Jason, how difficult it is to turn the ship because we're all human beings. We kind of like what's happening right now. Even if it's a little painful, it's familiar. So getting people to change and what we find is that the biggest the most successful thing we can do is change middle management because mm. they can be the saboteurs yeah you get a sales manager a gsm that wants to do positive change you've got something going conversely if they decide it's not going to work they got a thousand yeah. ways to make that Absolutely. Not work so that's kind of our focus is leading change management at the middle management level. I like that strategy because that's not typically what's talked about, right? When we when we think of like uh, change management or lead management, it comes from the top yep. down. Uh, but to your point, 100%, like, look, an idea is only as good as how well we execute it. Yeah. And those are the people that execute process every day on the sales yep. floor. Yep. They're the ones that are setting up car deals, that are training salespeople, that are closing car deals, that are doing the workarounds in the technology yep. when it's necessary. They're the ones oh, that makes the factory run. Well, and, and you bring up a good point of when a company like ours go into a dealership to try to sell them, mm -hmm. usually we're having conversations with the leadership, the owner, the general yep. manager. Yep. And in that meeting, they're talking about their needs and we try to come up with a solution and we present all of our benefits and values. And then deal the dealer says, okay, let's sign up. Then they tell the salespeople, hey, tomorrow you got to be in a, a meeting. And they don't tell them about why. And they don't say, hey, you remember how you guys have been complaining the last year about this, this, and this? Well, we listened, and we're investing into helping you. Yes. They, they miss that. And then even sometimes when it's something that you do need to train, like the owner and the general manager aren't around. So then the people think that they can come in and out of training, that it's a tool that, yeah. you know, it's optional. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have seen some cool technology come in, but they just don't get embraced. And if you don't have that middle management as like a champion to say, hey, look, the reason that we have this is to help and this is going to mm -hmm. do that and, and incentivize people to use the product and to change the process, then you start to see, you know, actual change. But otherwise, it's just like, oh, what's new this week? It failed last week. Wait a couple more weeks. There's a new product that my right. dealer. It's a, it's a flavor of yeah, the month. Exactly. But you know what? You know what? I'm actually going to give um, us as vendors a little bit of a hard time on this one. 
Um, and I'll tell you why, right? That's and this not, is that's not what this, Hunter and I wait, signed so up that's for. That's not here. what we say. What, what am I doing this podcast for? Why didn't I give me a hard time? <laughs> but but no, look, I, I think as vendors we do a good job in training, all right, on the activities that are required to actually execute the technology that we're providing, right? But it's the handoff between technologies that we just kind of leave the dealership to figure out on their own. And I, I, I'm seeing some of the most progressive vendors out there are figuring that one out. Okay, so it's like, all right, digital retailing, I'm working this, now at some point in time they're gonna call. <laughs> all right, right. What's, you know, so that's why I want, I want to jam a little bit about that, guys. How do, you, how do you guys think we can improve you know, the handoffs from marketing to DR to the actual the yeah. call and then to the showroom? Like there's all these little handoffs yeah. And I think that's the point where I find like it's like we can with, with technology and process we can provide this cool linear, linear experience, and then then, then we get to the handoff from one system to another. It's like, oh, yep. Okay, let me bring it back up. Let me bring it back yep. up. You know, but I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on how we how we can better the handoff. Yeah. So I, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that there are multiple vendors trying to serve a dealership and help them improve performance. But these vendors don't talk to each other very often. Exactly. I sold my deal. I got a contract. <laughs> yeah, I got my revenue. My implementation <laughs> yeah. team put it together. And we're going to have a meeting every 30 days and tell the dealer how wonderful they are for buying our product. But, you know, w w nobody's talking vendor to vendor. Yeah. And nobody's having those meetings with the dealer that says, look, I can show you the performance of my product is excellent. But let's talk about something really important like... Are your vendors and your people working as a team increasing market share? Yeah, that's a great mm -hmm. point. Because usually uh, even if you're, let's say, let's have a marketing meeting. Let's bring in all of our marketing vendors into this meeting. The goal of that meeting should be how all of us can help the dealer. Yes. And what happens in these meetings I've seen is it ends up being, well, my product, your product, or <laughs> we're arguing about budget, uh, yes. right? Yeah. Like, and, and if you think of it, like we're all working together, and I think we've gotten away from a single source of customer. Right, hundred percent. The customer is interacting with a TV ad. They see us on Facebook. They go to our website. They see our, you know, gorilla on top of the dealership. <laughs> there is not a single source that said, "Oh, that was the reason that that customer came in." So there should be this like unity in regards to what we're doing, how are we doing, and it's a meeting where you ha you might have to say, "Hey, this might not be the best for me," right? Or let's look at this process. And if you notice this like jumping from back and forth we as vendors should look at each other and say, well, how can we smooth line that process? Because ultimately it's affecting the dealer, which ultimately yes. affects the customer, which are the priority over my tool or your tool. Because well, if they don't work, then they're gonna cancel one of ours. That's right, and I, I've been in a few of those meetings and the best ones, there's something that always happens and that's a, a manager at the dealership going, why don't you talk to him? A hundred percent. You guys work together to solve that. It sounds like between yeah. the two of you, you could make that better for yeah, the Otherwise, it's, it's, it's not my fault. <laughs> right. well, no, no, exactly what it is. Hunter touched it last <laughs> yeah, yeah, It wasn't my deal. <laughs> but, but that's something I actually did when I, when I was a dealer principal. I actually did do this. I just thought, honestly, I'll tell you why I did it. A, because I didn't want to meet with five different vendors right. and, and all like, it, was just, it was a time freaking suck. Like it just, yeah. it, it, it would. And so, so what I would do is actually, I would set out what our quarterly objectives were. Right. And I would hand it off to all of, all of the vendors. I made the vendors meet without me present. Okay. So they would get on a phone call. They would meet, they would discuss, all right, how are, 
okay, you are the CRM company. Okay, so how what are we going to do? You're the marketing agency. Okay, that's cool. All right, you're you're the the third party lead provider. Okay, and then they would collectively kind of figure out, and then I would actually have them present back to me. Hmm, you know, right. but that, but that's the the deal. The vendors have to be. I call it the vendor stew, by the way. Yeah, that's what I actually had to call it because like, you, look at this. You got a yeah. chunk of this. You got a dash of this, and it's like it's all got to taste good at the end of the day, gotta right? Got to have the right recipe. <laughs> but but no, that's a good point though. I mean, like as vendors. You know, I think it's our responsibility to start working closer with each other. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the other things about, you know, kind of this handoff, but just overall is all technologies. In our industry, I think we do a really bad job of separating shopping and buying. Mm, Okay, I like that. And so if you think about that in other industries, right, your shopping is different than when you buy. Yes. And in our industry, the moment that you submit a lead, what do they do? Oh, this guy's a a, he's coming in. I better set an appointment. He needs to come in and buy. If somebody goes and calls and says, hey, can I get the price on it? It's like, can I run your credit, right? Mm-hmm. And going back to the Apple store, that's the one thing is you go into the store and they don't even try to sell you, right? <laughs> they let you try that's every true. single thing in the market. They're you know, so sneaky. Like, They're like, so diabolical. Like, like, we want know. them to make like a good decision. So, you know, or even like, you know, we want people to do research, but a, ki- a tire, t- tire kicker is actually negative. Like, oh, the guy's wasting my time when in fact we want him to do. And so I, I, I use that as an example of all these tools that we have they're all trying to get into the shopping and that's where we have a conflict because we're all trying to sell the customer you know even our vocabulary is wrong because if somebody walks on the show floor we say there's a customer on the show floor as far as i know a customer is somebody who gave you money yeah there's a shopper on the show floor yeah there's an opportunity yeah Yeah, an opportunity to meet somebody help them on their shopping journey. exactly so when now when you look at all these vendors if we can all say okay what is our job or our role in this life cycle Okay, your job is to get people into the store. Your job is to get them into the CRM. Your job is to improve the customer satisfaction. And we take ownership of that customer and then journey. You, and yeah. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying about if you have this plan and you work with your different vendors and you come up and you say, okay, this is what we want. This is the goal. And then you can hold each one accountable to their, their goal. I think there's easier handoff, better you know, adaption to these processes, and ultimately have better success. Well, and look, I think that's up to us to ultimately do, right? Like we, we have to better that too. But I was thinking kind of as you guys were as you guys were talking and, you know, I'm, I'm listening. Okay, I'm like, I, I like this. I like this is where it's going, right? But an idea is only as good as how we can execute it, you know? So it's like I think that's ultimately up to us to come to the dealer and say, hey, look, we're going to take ownership of this particular space. You know, mm-hmm. you know what it is? Is This is the one thing I've actually seen that's been it, – it, it's been a very pleasant thing to find out. But I feel like over the last 24 months we've seen more vendor partners – then I would say vendor providers. Yeah. You know, where it's no longer enough that we just provide a piece of technology or a solution yeah. or a marketing. It's like no, we actually have to partner up. Or we have to partner up with them and take ownership of what their objectives are, so that we can just help better them. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, you know, what you say is exactly right, Jason. But the dealer also has to be a partner. No, it's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. So. Building that trust and then having the dealer lean forward is also critical because that's where I found my best partnerships is when a dealer says, I'm going to count on you, and now you tell me what I have to do to get the best performance out of your company. (laughs) Okay, that's the challenge you want because that's somebody who's engaged that wants to be a real partner. And so it's on both sides, clearly. No, 100%. And you know what? uh, So talking about kind of the current and then talking about what's happened, you know, I think what's going on a lot in there right now is talking about what does it look like coming 
next? Like, what is next? That's why I got to be honest. This is what I love about Glenn and Brian. They do just an amazing job yeah. of not just putting out a conference and just putting out a bunch <laughs> of st stats about what currently is going on. No, they will challenge the norm and really get you thinking about what is around the bend, what's Absolutely. around that corner. And I'd love to kind of get your guys' thoughts because I think you guys have both very different, unique perspectives as far as the, where you guys Absolutely. assist in the journey. What do you think is next? I'll give you a general answer first right. because I think that this is where even though we solve very different problems in the dealership, Hunter and I are together in this. Stella and Fuse are together on this. And that is a really simple statement that faster, simpler, easier is going to win. Yep. When it takes mm. three calls to get your question answered, that's slower, <laughs> complicated, and harder. Yep. Okay, so that's what process management, as well as the new technology, the AI, the different transaction technologies like Fuse, that's where we're coming together is make this fast, simple, easy. You know, I, I, I've asked the question in a couple of presentations, how many clicks does it take to buy something on Amazon? You probably know. Yeah, one click. No. <laughs> it <laughs> takes zero. He, we, he set us up for that one. It takes <laughs> zero. You can either get a subscription or you can say, hey, Alexa, we're out of D-cell batteries. No yeah. clicks at all. No clicks at oh, all. That's awesome. You know, so talk about faster, simpler, easier. And again, buying batteries is less complicated than a car, but think how complicated we make it. You know, oh, yeah. nobody comes to a car dealership 100%. saying, I wish I had an older, crummier car. They're all yeah. going, I wish there was a way to make this fast, simple, and easy Absolutely. so I could drive something cool. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Well, Hunter we, for yourself? Yeah, what, I mean, what we definitely around piggyback off that. I mean, as I was giving you an example of, like, the call experience, like, with what we do, you know, Stella is this digital assistant, this AI assistant that answers every call. So she answers calls in less than one ring, and she can route calls. She can answer frequently asked questions. But her biggest, like, skill is her ability to set, like, service appointments. Mm -hmm. She can set a service appointment from the time that the customer dials the call, like, the number, about a minute and a half. Wow. Right, and so it speeds up the process. But it's funny is that at the end of the the call, we do a survey. Please rate this call like one through ten. Sure. We get like eighty, ninety percent of people do the survey, and we're like, why are so many people doing the survey? And we realize <laughs> that we haven't used up their patience. <laughs> right. They're used to being right. on hold for two minutes, and then right. another three minutes, and it's a minute and thirty seconds, and they're yeah. like, uh, so what do I do now? And so now it's allowing us opportunity <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. to say. Wow. Well, what else can we inject into this call? Like maybe I could do an instant cash offer or maybe I could do like, like there's all these th ideas. Right. And so we've actually think that we've made it too fast. And now we've got, we got to. Well, I, I actually like that though, because I, um, I'm, I've been on a, an NPS score like trip recently. Yeah. I just like, I'm just so fascinated <laughs> with collecting the net promoter score. And because it's, it, it's a piece of data that we never really kind of built triggers around, yeah. right? Like we don't really, it's, it's more of like, Hey, this is what your score is, but that's about it. There's never been actionable. And the one thing that I think we're going into right now in our industry is that we're going into the, I would say, the era of actionable data. Yeah. Right? It's not sure. enough that it, we just have it. Right. It's how we make it actionable. I think in the last two years, dealers have become way more data conscious. Mm -hmm. And now they're looking at like, okay, now what do I, what do, I do now? What do I do now? Yeah, I collected it. Yeah. But what's the action that's going to lead to a better business outcome? Exactly. So exactly. one of the things that we're doing is based off the data, when somebody calls, I will already know if they're an existing customer or not, right? I already ah, know yes, what vehicle, already know, I already know what vehicle are because the phone number matched the customer profile. And so now I'm speeding up that process. But think about like, if I go uh, to book a flight, the first time you look at the flight, it says $300. You leave, you come back, now it says it's 350 last one, <laughs> right? I hate that. <laughs> so that's all AI, right? Yep. They're, they're trying to say, hey, there's some urgency. So 
they know when you come back the second time. Mm-hmm. If I go to my cable company and I go as a, like if I clear my cookies, it has all these specials of like sure. internet <laughs> special. Right. But after a customer, not I, available there's, not, there's, no, there's no prices. There's no <laughs> yeah. prices. I can just like add services, right? So if you think about, we're already seeing these examples where the experience is ca- different based off of your data. Sure. I think that's where the big key is because right now we app- every customer has the same follow-up process. Yes. Every single customer gets the same and not every customer is the same. Oh. And so if we have access to more data, then you can cater that to more, ex- you know, to each individual. And that's where you have a better unique experience. Mm. Unique experience, yeah. right? Look, the, I'm listening to you guys and I, get, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation, but I mean, look, when we put uh, data into actionable strategies, actionable strategies, all right, and we put the customer at the center of our goals and objectives, that's when things get really, really cool. And I, and for me, I really see that's what our future is. It's, it's putting the customer at the center of all of our processes, but using data to better enhance the overall experience. Um, hey guys, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to jam with me today. But before I let you guys go, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now, who may would want to connect with you, what is the best way to do so? Alan, I'll start with you. So our company is Fuse Autotech fuseautotech.com and you can get me at alan a-l-a-n at fuseautotech.com <laughs> how was that that was perfect absolutely perfect hunter what's the best way to connect yeah with our you? website is stella uh, s-t-e-l-l-a automotive.com and uh, my email is hunter.swift at stellaautomotive.com hey guys thanks again for jamming with me today this has been a lot of fun yeah, this is awesome, awesome. Yeah, glad you're doing this. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.